Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello, we're here for more Happier, a podcast where we get more happier. Hey, Elizabeth. Hi, Gretch. So today we're going to talk about House of the Dragon and ponder the question of what makes something a great sequel or also prequel. But first, something making us more happier. Elizabeth, what's something making you happier, more happier, or just plain happy? Something making me more happier, Gretch, is that I feel like for the first time in quite a while, I have my blood sugar numbers under control. Oh, yay! That's such a thing for you. I know. And I just, for whatever reason, went through this period where I just couldn't get a handle on it. And then, I don't know, suddenly something just clicked in my brain And now I feel like my numbers are really good, like on a daily basis, I'm waking up with a good number. And, you know, for type 1 diabetic, it's all about my A1C and that the A1C is a result of kind of your your blood sugar levels um, for a three-month period. Well, now I remember when your whole one-word theme of the year was number six because you were... Right. Yeah. Is this because I know you're having your summer of health? Do you think is this something that you're doing as part of summer of health, or it's kind of unrelated? I mean, it certainly it certainly fits yes. summer of health. No, definitely part of my summer of health was wanting to get my numbers in order, and so I'm eating a lot better. In fact, ah. Gretch, I have to report to you just before we recorded, I made gazpacho. So I have gazpacho chilling in the fridge, Love gazpacho. which is, you know, a great thing to eat for a diabetic. But mom used to make gazpacho all the time. Uh, and, you know, I love her gazpacho. The it's best. not as good as hers, but I have to say this turned out pretty well. So I'm very pleased with myself. Now, granted, oh. I was going to make it in June and it took till now, <laughs> but I did it. The best time to make a spot show is three months ago. The second best time is now. Yes. Well, that's great because I know this is something that is definitely like on your high priority list of things. Yes. it's And, you know, the thing about it is it's like a marathon, but a marathon that never ends. It's like being in a marathon the rest of your life. So there's just times when it's harder and easier and I've clicked into a good time. So that's great. That's making me happy. What is making you happy? Well, I have a big anniversary. You know, it is the fifth anniversary of my book, The Four Tendencies. Yes. It's been five years. And we did a lot on Happier with Gretchen Rubin about The Four Tendencies. But I just do want to stop and acknowledge the anniversary for myself because I used to never notice. Hmm. I never paid attention to pub dates or anything. And I do find, you know, we've talked a lot about the the to-da list and taking time to appreciate milestones. And in a, even a very prolific person doesn't write that many books um, in their life. Right. And so I, I feel like I want to give myself a, a, a sense of 
kind of remembering what I've done. And also, you know, I create all this stuff that I'm super excited about. And I want to remember to talk about it. Now, I talk about the four tendencies a lot just because I still am so engaged in it. But all my stuff, I'm like, oh, I don't want to forget about this, my whole thing, because um, I'm super excited about it. So it's good to look back just so it keeps it fresh in my mind. So that is making me happy. Good. I mean, Gretch, from my point of view, I don't, I'm like, what did we talk about before we had the four tendencies? It seems like I was born with talking about the four tendencies. Well, see, this is the thing about the four tendencies. Like the, when I was creating it and coming up with it, I was like, I was like, surely somebody came up with this. So somebody noticed this. This is, once you know what to look for, it is so obvious. You see it, yeah. movies, TV, people around you, little kids. I mean, it's just really, really blatant. And I kept thinking, okay, this is not mine. Like, I'm going to find out that somebody's got this whole big thing that they're like selling to gigantic businesses. I know. So mm, well. I know it feels like it stretches back to eternity, but it's only been five it years. Does. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That's great. It's actually earlier because I came up with it for better than before. It was really when I was thinking about habit formation Ah. for better than before. So I actually came up with it longer than five years ago. So it's really the fifth anniversary of the book being published where I'd already been thinking about it for years by then. But whatever. I mean. Yes. Well, congrats. That's amazing. It's a great system. Thank you. And by the way, if if you haven't taken the quiz, go to quiz.gretchenrubin.com and take the quiz because it's so fun. Yes. All right. Well, coming up, we are going to talk about House of the Dragon. Oh, yeah. I cannot wait. But first, this break. My closet was chaotic, crammed with a bunch of clothes, but nothing to wear. The game changer, upgrading to high-quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Gretchen, I got from Quince these super soft fleece wide leg pants in black, and I actually look put together when I go to pick up Jack from school. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. We all know that our life and our health can be improved when we eat nourishing, healthy meals, but it can be hard to maintain. With Sunbasket Meal Kits, it's easy because they take care of the details. Sunbasket offers 18 chef-crafted, dietitian-approved recipes each week with options like Mediterranean, carb-conscious, vegetarian, and keto-friendly. The recipes are quick and easy to follow, and you can enjoy a meal full of organic produce and clean ingredients that is ready in 30 minutes or less. Gretchen, we made the uh, Marrakesh merguez patties. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that, but I loved eating it with warm carrot salad. And it was so good. And it got Jack eating something that he doesn't usually eat. Go to sunbasket.com forward slash happier today to get $45 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com forward slash happier to get $45 off your first box plus free shipping. Okay, quality screen time. TV makes us happy. So Elizabeth, you and I 
loved Game of Thrones. Yes, we did. I also read the books. You did not read the books, but we both loved, loved, loved the show. Yes. And now HBO um, has House of the Dragon, not as I was calling it for a long time, House of Dragons. It's House of the Dragon about the Targaryens. Yeah, that's the Daenerys house. Yes, the blonde house. Yeah, silver hair. And, oh, silver. Yes. And so let's just talk. What do we think? What do we like? What do we not like? I'll just come off the bat and say... After two episodes, I am definitively hooked. I will watch it every night when it comes out. Yeah. How about you? I'm really into it. I love being back in that world. Like, I think I think there's certain worlds people like to be in. Like, some people really like to be in a world of crimes or, like, of hospitals. Or, you know, they just like a, or like an English manor. But I really like fantasy. Like to I really, be in I, Westeros. I love being in Westeros again. I love, I do love the dragons. I love the the pomp and the circumstance. Like, I really like it when they have sort of the traditions and the religion and like the the house sigils and the mottos. And, you know, I, I like all, I do like the world building. I really like George R. R. Martin's, the world that he has built. And so it's very exciting to be back in that world and in a different place in that world. Yeah, and and for anyone who hasn't seen it, it takes place 200 years before Game of Thrones begins. So none of those people are alive. It's sort of how they got to where where they are. Well, you know, one thing you mentioned, Elizabeth, and I 100% agree with you, is the the opening. Yes. Having the music, having that Game of Thrones sound. Yeah. I don't know that it's exactly the same. Is it exactly the same or is it a variation? That's a great question. It's if it's not if it's not exactly the same it's very very close. And it I just whenever I hear it like my blood starts pumping, you yeah. know, it's like definitely a Pavlov's dog situation. Yeah. The rest of the music I don't recognize any of the because we definitely had the like faceless men music and the mm-hmm. different kind of musical themes. And it was interesting, like that opening sequence of Game of Thrones was so cool, the way it would like kind of go through the map. And now they're doing it different. It sort of looks the same, but it's a very different thing that they're doing. But here's something. Okay, so I am listening to commentary. Um, I am listening to the official House of the Dragon podcast, which I really like. I'm listening to Mallory Rubin is a commentator I love. I loved her binge mode that she did about Game of Thrones, and now she's got a new one called House of Art that she's doing with Joanna Robinson, who's another big pop culture commentator. And on one of these podcasts, I forget which one, somebody said, okay, you know how the king is building that model? Yes. Maybe he's building the model that will be the opening sequence. I have also heard commentators comment on that possibility. Yes. Yeah. Gretch, I'm also listening. I am listening to, so I have um, a show I love called Watch What Crappens, which mm. is usually about all things Bravo, mm. but now they're doing Winter is Crappening, oh. and it is about House of the Dragon. So I'm also listening to commentary, and they were saying that they have heard, yes, many speculating that that oh. model may become part of the show. 
Oh, yeah. well, that's interesting. That's that. Yeah, I don't understand why the blood is like unlocking the wheels or something, gears or whatever, but maybe all will be revealed. Here's a fun fact. I don't even remember how I stumbled across this. You can learn High Valyrian on Duolingo. Apparently more than 500,000 people are learning High Valyrian. It's like a true created language. That so, is amazing. Gretch, if we were really committed, we would learn and then we would do a bonus podcast speaking in high valerian yeah we yeah. won't like, do that but it we will be never amazing do that if we did but you know do you think i mean you, you you write tv do you think that there must be all this enormous pressure on 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 the people who are creating this not only because of all the oh. money and all the expectations but if you're thinking there's a whole industry now built around i mean you and i between the two of us we listen to three four podcasts that are just basically recap commentary podcasts and it's only two episodes in like we don't even know if it's good right i can't imagine the pressure yeah. they're under i mean i've just thinking about it i my body like seizes up yeah and you know there are other game of thrones spinoffs in oh the yeah work. one one that would star um kid harrington and like one that's part of the game of thrones world time-wise about Jon snow mm. and this had the highest opening ever for hbo yeah just under 10 million. They re then renewed it for season two. So you know it's sticking around. And then episode two, Gretch, the ratings went up. That never happens in TV. You always, almost always get your highest rating. I mean, unless it's like a huge show, the, the series finale. Right. Um, but almost always a show debuts and then it goes down. So this show debuted and then it went up the next week. So, of course, you know, just as a TV writer, that interests me. Well, Ben, and one thing that I always remember that you told me is that pilots are really hard. And so you really, like, if yes. there's a show where you have, you, you want to watch it and then you're kind of disappointed with the pilot, give it a couple episodes. And then why, why are pilots so hard? Well, just trying to get all that information in, like, you have to introduce everyone, which requires exposition. And exposition is just sort of the a TV killer, right? The yeah. less exposition, the better. Right. And then you need to sort of get far enough in to get people hooked, but the relate you haven't established enough to, like, yeah. have these hooks. So it's really hard. Like, even this, the first episode, I would say I enjoyed less than the second episode. And in the first episode, and still to some degree, like, I don't know if I'm as in love with any character as I was with Tyrion, played by right. Peter Dinklage. Like, to me, that's like my favorite television character of all time, except for right. maybe Don Draper. So, but in the second episode, I started really feeling those connections to the characters because you yeah. know them better. You know, it's right. just hard to get to know someone, especially when there's so many. But so here's the thing I was thinking, like, it really does. It's like, okay, we talked about Mad Men, too, like, as a show that we both love, love, love. And both those shows had, like, the, the person who was, like, incredibly witty. And I can't remember the name of the character in Mad Men, but it was the boss. It was Roger, oh, right? yes. Sterling. Roger, Roger Sterling. Sterling. He was the guy that just was, like, he had the Tyrion yes. kind of. Yes. The quick, the just, the zingers, just, like, the drive-by, quotable lines. So maybe this person is coming because you really do need it. Or or someone like Varys. Yes. Right, you can't have everybody in the first scene. Right. And they're not interesting yet if they're kind of lurking in the shadows. So, yeah. It's yeah. Hard. Now, it is, there is the trademark Game of Thrones violence. And, you know, yeah. for people who are sensitive to that, you yeah. know, you will not enjoy this show. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, right. Yeah, you got to watch out. And and it, it's definitely not something to watch with your kids, you know. No. There's all kinds of, uh, um, it's on HBO. And I hide my eyes. I hide my eyes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, but Elizabeth, but we do have to mention the wigs. Yeah, even before it came out, I think you and I were talking about the fact that everyone has this, as you say, silver hair. Yeah, it's the trademark Targaryen thing. Which basically doesn't exist in nature, I don't think, or very yeah. few people have it. So everyone on the show seems to have a wig. I don't know if some of them are dyed. And that is distracting. <laughs> I keep telling Sarah because she hasn't watched it yet. I'm like, the wigs are going to bother you, but just push through, please. Right. And then you were saying one of your podcasts was talking about this. Yeah, no, they have a whole a whole segment called Wig Watch, which I thought was a hilarious name. It cracks me up. I have to say the wigs didn't bother me as much. And I think it's probably because your your eye is just more trained to like look for these like little like, right. is this working? Is this working? Probably just even unconsciously. You're just so much more attuned. You have a more perceptive eye where I'm just like letting it wash over me. But it, it is, it, it does become a little, well, like that child, I, I don't want to spoil, but like the child that's walking with the king, her hair, you're like, that, that yes. hair just, yes. yeah, on a little kid, that kind of hair looked kind of odd. But yet it was so striking. I have to say, then I started kind of yeah. falling in love with it because it's all just part of the world. Yeah. But yeah, I do think about like, oh my God, that must have cost so much. And they had oh. the scenes where they, the scene, Gretch, where the two young women were sort of praying by that huge yeah. ring of candles. Yeah. I just thought, boy, that looks like it must have been difficult to do. Now, what makes that difficult? Oh, Why is I that don't know. Just difficult? like you have to be somewhere where you can have all those candles going. I mean, that alone requires like a, the firemen to be there. And Oh, sure. You know, although as someone pointed out on one of my podcasts, they look like they have bonfires and they're chandeliers. So I guess they are used to dealing with fire. But on Fantasy Island, that well, would be a lot to do. And what was interesting, because they were all kind of guttering, and and I was like, that's hard, because how do you get them, like, blowing but not blowing out? Yes. No, I'm, I'm, yeah. it just, yeah, again, my eye was like, interesting. <laughs> you, you know, they do all this, all this, all this, and so it's like, the candle work was amazing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, but yes, I like got little things. If there's no one appreciates, yes, if there's anything the they know man. how to do, though, I'm sure it's fire <laughs> and candles and torches. So anyway, I'm excited to watch. I'm bummed it's once a week, even though it's kind of exciting yeah. that it's once a week. I would binge yeah. the whole thing, you know, in 24 hours if I could. Yeah, yeah. We'll be watching um, now for a spotlight on a tool. Elizabeth, we're going to return to something we haven't, we want to remind everybody to do this. And we got to remind ourselves. And, you know, talking about the summer of health made me think of this. And also my nap today reminded ah. me of this because 22 is our year of hashtag rest 22 and 22. And it's important to rest. And I have to say that adding a nap to my day when I can, I just do it when I can. Mm -hmm. So I don't even monitor it. I don't even like if I can't do it, I don't consider it. It's just like some days I can, some days I can't. I love my nap so much is like the biggest treat. And I really do think it helps me be more productive and creative and concentrate and focus oh, afterward. I really do think it does. But it's just such a pleasure. I would do it even if it didn't have any effect at all. Just because it feels so good to lie down and close my eyes. 
Well, for me, the rest 22 and 22 thing goes to your, you know, you say all the time something, if you want to do something, put it on the calendar. I feel like I don't have my 22 minutes on my schedule and therefore Mm -hmm. I have a harder time remembering to do it. I should because my nap is like it's it's like I know where it would fit into my day. So even though it's not officially scheduled, it's kind of obvious where it slots in. Yes. And there's kind of like I'm not going to do it too early and I'm not going to do it too late. So that's interesting because it's do you do you feel like we're entering into Q4? Yes. Or right. Do you do you want to try putting it on the calendar? Maybe I should. Like what time do you nap? I nap after lunch, but before four. Okay. Because I think if it's after four, it might start. It just sort of doesn't work. But maybe napping doesn't work for you. Maybe you want to just like take 20 minutes and just, I don't know, like put your feet up and listen to a book. Interesting. Yeah. You love audio books. Yes, I do. Maybe I should try to put that on the calendar every day. Do you have lunch every day? Like, I don't even know what your calendar is. Well, right now my schedule is very open. Is there a time when you naturally feel like a lull or like where you get, you just have that feeling of probably around like four lassitude? Four. Four. I would say. Well, you're later. Yeah, yeah, I get up. I stay up later than you do. So, yeah, maybe at four. My problem when I nap is I am someone who will nap. Like, it's hard for me not to then just sleep for two hours. I, I love napping. So, maybe what you do so it's 22 and 22. So, two plus two is four. So, maybe at four. You just listen to a book for 22 minutes okay. and maybe you sit up so you don't actually like right, fall asleep. Because right. it is, if it is unsettling to go into a long nap, it can make you groggy. It can mess with your sleep. Yeah. Like I, I, I can sort of naturally nap for like 22 minutes bizarrely. But so maybe for you, it's better not to actually try to do any kind of sleep, but just, you know, have that moment of peace and just. Yeah. Relax your body and relax your mind. All right. I'm going to try that at four o'clock. All right. We'll see how that goes. Okay. Okay. And so for other people, if you need a, a jump start, because because it's true, it seems like a lot of people have like kind of struggle with this more than yes, kind of walk more 20 than and 20 walking or read for 21. Sure. Yes. It's funny. It's and you, now you see why people, it's like, why do people have a hard yeah. time resting? Because they have a hard time resting. Yeah. Um, the jumpstart for rest, if you go to happiercast.com slash rest, uh, there's a jumpstart that's meant to kind of help you, you know, know yourself better. It's a bunch of tools to help you get started or get back on track if you've fallen off. So, oh, interesting, Elizabeth. We'll have to see how that works for you. Okay, Gretch. Um, after the break, we're going to talk about what makes a great sequel. But first, we will take this break. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because it gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 
Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. We talk so much about how our dogs make us happier. Barnaby, Nacho, Daisy. We want to share a message from our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, about useful information for people who love their pets. Spot Pet Insurance can be your partner in navigating the unexpected. With Spot Plans, you can receive up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, transforming unforeseen expenses into manageable moments of care for your cat or dog. Spot Pet Insurance plans extend beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, helping ensure that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered. Head over to spotpet.com today and receive an instant quote. Visit www. .spotpet.com and sign up today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample dash policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Okay, listen, more quality screen time. We got a lot of happiness from from our screens lately. And, and you had a very interesting insight that I, I wanted you to elaborate yes. on about the movie Top Gun Maverick, yes. the sequel to Top Gun. Yes, which has been a huge blockbuster this summer. You and I saw it. Our whole family saw it. Yeah, separately. Separately. Blast, but yeah, we all saw it. But uh, you and I were talking about how... Like, to me, this is the perfect sequel. It's almost like they put it through a sequel machine and came out with Mm. the perfect sequel. So you said that, and I wanted you to expand on that. Like, why is it a perfect sequel? I don't dispute that, but but I don't have the chops to understand why that is. Okay, well, I think they were really, they kept, like, the opening sequence was, like, very, very similar to the original, yeah. which again, I think it like gets you in that mood for Top Gun that you were in, you know, mm-hmm. however many years ago. Mm-hmm. They kept 80s music, which I thought was really interesting. Rather than doing Ooh, yes. music from today, they did 80s music, which again, I think I think young people can enjoy because it's fun and, and maybe more different for them. And then, of course, those of us who are around for the original love hearing the 80s music. Yeah, I yeah. thought the way they moved Tom Cruise through his career, you know, the character of Maverick was really smart yeah. that he was still sort of distinguished, but still like the Maverick. Yes, that's a perfect way to put it. He was distinguished, but he had not he didn't hadn't really been promoted. Yeah, he wasn't part of the system still. He was outside of the system, but yet doing some, you know, important stuff. Yeah. I thought the the conflict, so for anyone who hasn't seen it, the center is really about Tom Cruise and the son of Goose. 
um, yeah. who was his partner who died in Top Gun. And like his beloved, beloved best yes, friend. Yes, his beloved best friend. And the sort of central conflict was that at a certain point, Tom Cruise hadn't helped the son go into flight school. I think it was because, you know, the Meg Ryan's character thought it was too dangerous because her husband had died. Understandable. Mm -hmm. From everybody's right. point of view as a parent, you totally get that. And the son really held it against Tom Cruise, which you also understand because this is what he wanted to do with his life. So everybody was right which is always nice. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's good conflict. Yes. And then I thought it was really interesting. They chose to have Meg Ryan's character having died, which I thought was very smart because in the movie, there's a really dangerous mission and the son wants to be on that mission and it's Tom Cruise's decision whether or not he is now that time has passed. And I think had that character of his mother been alive, you could never have wanted him to go on the mission. So mm -hmm, I thought mm -hmm. that was like a super smart choice. I mean, I just feel like every time they had a choice to make, they made a really mm -hmm. smart choice that didn't dumb it down. It just made it really right. good. Right, right. Bell Kilmer, the way they handled his character. I mean, was that very, was like... great. And what from what I've heard, Tom Cruise was really insistent. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, Val Kilmer in real life had throat cancer. So he can't talk really very well. And Tom Cruise was absolutely insistent that he have a real part in the movie. And he has a great part that's really significant and it's executed yes. beautifully. Um, yes. So again, I'm like, they nailed it. You know, I was just so impressed. But Elizabeth, you know, you're, you're part of a sequel. Fantasy Island is a sequel. It's often called a reboot, but it's not a reboot. It's a sequel. So explain That's the difference true. between what is a reboot, what is a, a, a sequel, and what is your philosophy of like when you bring something back? Because it, it it's like there's so many things now that are coming back. Yes. Some are well done, some are not so well done. Like, yeah. how do we think about this? Yes, it's true. A lot of people call Fantasy Island a reboot. We say it's a sequel because we're just following the timeline. Like in our yes. world, Mr. Rourke, the original host that everybody knew, was the host. He died. Now his great niece, played by Rosalind Sanchez, is the host. And we acknowledge like all the stuff that came before. Right. Like she has his chair and everybody's like, oh, it's such a big deal that she yes. still sits in his chair. It's not like she's the new Mr. Rourke. She's like yes. the descendant of Mr. Exactly. Rourke and doing the she, same and, and kind of in a mystical way. Yes. And there was the famous character of Tattoo on the original. Yeah. And we've addressed that in our own way with our Tattoo right. character. And I mean, I like that because, of course, to me, it's like if you love the original, you you want to sort of acknowledge it, right? Right. And I think a reboot would be, it's as if that other show, like, would just existed on a different plane. So, for right. example, yeah. Bel Air right now is a hugely successful reboot on Peacock. And it's a total reimagining of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which is why it's called Bel-Air mm -hmm. instead of Fresh Prince. It's an hour. It's mm. a drama. It deals with like very topical issues. It's sort of deep family conflict and drama, whereas the original Fresh Prince was much lighter and was a half hour sitcom, you know, starring Will right. Smith. So both can be great. Yeah. It's just what are you doing? And one thing that I find really interesting, and I know you do too, Gretch, is this idea now that television is just picking up with the characters 15 years later. Love it. 
Sex in the City. Will and yeah. Grace did it. I think yes. there's a lot of talk that Frasier might do it. Yeah. And as someone who loves those characters, it's like just so fun to go back to them. Well, and you see that in movies too, like the the what is it before before sunrise, before midnight. Yes. Uh, those those. I think I think it's fascinating. I love it. Now, what do you think about prequels? This is the last thing I want to say about this. It's like okay, so House of the Dragon. Also, uh, what's the Lord of the Rings one? Uh, the Rings of Power. Also a prequel. Don't you have problems with? I mean, everybody says the problem with the prequel is people kind of know what happens. Why do a prequel instead of a sequel? And or is this just because of the, the those are based on underlying stories and at by the creators, and it's just like there's more stuff in the background than there is in the future. So that's where they're drawing. That's where they're building their story. Yeah. Well, I think if a prequel comes far enough before the original, then it doesn't feel like you knew you know what happened. Feels like a totally right, different true. story. Yeah. Which that's is clearly true. what Game of Thrones wanted to do with House of the Dragon. It's like you know where it gets to eventually, but you don't know enough about the details to make it feel like a rehash. But I think the reason for a prequel often is just like if it feels like the sequel would have to use the same characters. Oh, right. But you, yeah. you know, they're not available. You don't know where what's going to happen with them. Then you go to the prequel. And obviously everything isn't going to work for a prequel. I think Game of Thrones, look, if House of the Dragon is works, I'm sure we'll get other houses. Yeah. So anyway, I love a sequel. I love a prequel. Um, you know, bring it on. Bring it on. All right, Gretch, what is our quotation today? Okay, this comes from Frank Stella. In 1964, he said... I knew a wise guy who used to make fun of my painting, but he didn't like the abstract expressionists either. He said they would be good painters if they could only keep the paint as good as it is in the can. And that's what I tried to do. I tried to keep the paint as good as it was in the can. Nice. So, Elizabeth, are you feeling happier, more happier? I am feeling more happier, Gretch. Nothing makes me more happier than talking about TV and movies. Yes. Thank you, Chuck. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And for everything related to this episode, links, photos, and more, go to happiercast.com. Bye, Gretch. Bye, Elizabeth. The best time to start a happiness project is 20 years ago. The second best time is now. So, Alyssa, are you going to watch Sunday night? Is that what you said? You're going to try to watch it like, do you watch it live or do you just try to watch it uh, that night? Not live, but I will watch Sunday night for sure. I'm, I'm and in. And is that just so because you don't want spoilers and all that or you're just. Yeah, I just, well, I don't know. I just like to see it when it's out. Um, but I'm still searching for friends who are into it, Gretch. Right now you're my only House of the Dragon uh, partner. So you need to watch it Sunday too. Okay, I will. I, it's, a, it's a fun Sunday night thing to do. We'll do it, and we'll talk about it. From the Onward Project. 
I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org/students. That's lls.org/students.